Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Exactly. Does the hiring of Sean Payton mean for Broncos general manager George Payton? We had a couple Paytons here, man. We had a couple Paytons here. That's unusual. Yeah. It's like three. The, it's like the two Arthurs in Atlanta, the owner and the coach. Yeah. We got Payton Manning. Yep. Omaha. We got Payton Manning that's spelled P E Y T O N. Okay. We have George Payton. P-A-T-O-N, and Sean Payton, which is P-A-Y-T-O-N. Yeah, very confusing. How freaking weird is that? You got three Paytons, and they all spell Payton differently? Right. That's unusual. Yes. Very unusual. We're going to have to tell George he's going to have to change the way he spells <laughs> his last name if he wants to stick around. <laughs> yes. That's part of the requirement, yes. George. Like, hey, uh, you know. Uh, we could easily move on from you, but we're going to keep you, but you're going to have to change that spelling of your name. Well, if you remember when he first got hired, when the, there'd be like national people around the country were making the mistake calling him George Patton because that's how right. it, it's kind of spelled. That's right. That's right. He might just go to George Patton. Yes. Yes. If Greg asked him to, he'd do it. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Patton asked. I would. Yeah. All right. Cool. I get to keep my job. All right. Right. Um, who got this deal done with Sean Payton? Who? Is it Greg Penner or George Payton? Um, who got it done? Greg Penner. I mean, Greg Penner was, like, running this whole thing. This was his show. And no one else's. Really. I mean, I kind of Lisa Rice was in some of them. I'm sure his wife was, too. And, you know, Robson would hop in. And um, But this, is, this, was, this was a Greg Penner show. And I don't think George Payton really had uh, much to say about anything. When it came to the, you know, who was going to be hired, and especially this, how this thing broke down with Sean Payton, I completely agree with you. I actually, couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm not even sure. Like, sorry to cut you off, but I'm not even sure. Like, how much George Payton was in the loop on everything that was going on? Just, I don't know. Was he in? Did he go to that second uh, interview with Jim Harbaugh? Did he not? Do we know that? We yet? don't know that. Yet. So. Like I don't, I don't even know how much he was like involved and knew the inner workings of everything that was happening. But go ahead. Sorry. And, no, and the reason why, why I bring that up is like because this is, we hope and we think is a really good coaching hire. So when we navigate our way through like the pros and cons of what George Payton has done here, this doesn't quite fall under like George Payton moves. George Payton didn't go out and land Sean Payton. Greg Penner did that. Yes. Yeah. The the new ownership did that. Um, who is making the call? And I go back to this question. What, what exactly does this uh, hiring a Sean Payton mean for George Payton? This is going to drive me nuts, by the way. I can already tell with yeah. the Payton stuff. Yes, yeah. What exactly does the hiring of Sean Payton mean for Broncos GM George Payton? Like, who's, whose final call is it the first draft pick in April? Well, hopefully you have a, a an agreement there on – who you want in that situation. But ultimately, I, I think it's um, more Sean Payton than George Payton in this decision. But at the same time, you know, how much is Sean Payton going to be involved in um, that decision uh, when it comes to, you know, 
What, what, what pick do we have? That We just have a third rounder? Two of them, 67 and 68, yeah. I believe. So, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't really know. But I think if it came, push came to shove here, it's going to be Sean Payton. You know, he's got the most authority here now. And uh, that's the way it should be. But hopefully they, they – George Payton seems like a very easy guy to work with, right? And so hopefully they work well together yeah. when it comes to this stuff. And there's not many, like, I want this guy, you want that guy type of situations. And, and if there is, then it's you, – you, Sean Payton's making that call, right? Don't you think so? Or do you think it's a flip-flop? I mean, how could it not be? When I think of, like, signature – benchmarks of the hiring process and what the conversations must have been like because apparently and this came out I think it was yesterday that Sean Payton's first interview with the Broncos was six hours I think it was initially reported it was like a couple hours six hours so you'd imagine during the course of those conversations we talked about one of them yesterday what if Russell Wilson doesn't work do I have assurances that we'll move on and until you get through these hurdles like these signature hurdles and benchmarks of the process Sean Payton's not taking this job I, I believe one of those benchmark conversations was, do I have final say over football? And if he didn't, I just think, not that the Broncos job would be a non-starter, but it's not, it wasn't a great job to begin with. That's why Brock Hewitt said everyone at Fox is surprised he took it, and, but money talks. But, but it's not just money. Cash and creative. Do you have autonomy to run the ship how you want to? Yeah. No, I, I, think, you're, I think you're spot on. He's going to have... I would say final say over the roster mm-hmm. when it comes to training camp, the end of training camp cuts. He'll have final say over, I guess, you know, like I said, if push came to shove on draft picks, you know, he he, he runs the show now, and he should run the show. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, George, you had your opportunity to be the the guy that has final say, and it wasn't good enough. It wasn't close to being good enough. So now we got a new guy in town that's hopefully going to be the foundational piece of this organization on the football side for a long time moving forward, we're going to lean on him now whenever it's those types of decisions. I just don't know how much Sean Payton is going to be. Uh, well, I'll ask you, how much do you think he's going to be involved in the draft process and the day-in, day-out grind of it, or will it be, hey, here you go, Sean, I know you want to look at these you know, four or five quarterbacks. I did mine report on them, what do you think, and they get together and they kind of, you know, work it that way. What do you, how, like, how involved w- will he be in that process, especially year one? Do you think it's heavily involved, light? That's a, it's a really good question. Um, obviously, I don't know the answer to it, if I were to guess. I would say, as involved as you could ever imagine. This is now his new baby. This is, this is like an infant, you know, f- fresh new baby that everything has got to be buttoned up. The most intensive care um, and, and attention and you're the guys who are going to play for you, like ultimately going to play for you. I would imagine that he is examining those groceries. You're picking up this apple and a firm and picking up this apple, like that avocado. Yeah. Like, like, yeah right. Um, I would, I would admit I mean, that's where I would go. You, you hear, like the crisp apples. I love a crisp apple. Yeah. Are you a, a if there's a red apple or a green apple? I used to be a green apple guy, but now I'm a red apple guy. Okay. Uh, the green apple's a little bit too sour. Well, I little, love little, that sour. Yeah, but growing up, I was, you know, when I was um, like a little kid, that's what you eat. But, like, when you become a grown-up, you go with the red apples. You're a green apple guy? I'm still yeah. a green apple guy. Yeah. 
dip them in a little bit of makes, peanut butter. Makes sense. That's why I make a little snack for my son. I cut them up a little peanut butter, a little dip. And yeah. Like, Gosh, that actually tastes, tastes kind of good. It, it does. It does taste good. Um, I would imagine that Sean Payton is going to be as instrumental as as he has ever been in any process. Well, what What is your guess on that? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, this is – he doesn't know George Payton that well. Uh, and so, you know, George Payton doesn't know what he's looking for in a player. So I think, yeah, I think he'll be heavily involved in, in that process. So it's going to be interesting to see how it how it shakes out. But I think ultimately – if there is a disagreement on certain things, that will be, you know, Sean Payton will have the final say. Yeah. That only makes sense. Why else would he come here if he has to, you know, oh, you're telling me George Payton is going to make the final decision on the roster or make the final decision on who we select after what he just did? I'll stay at Fox, right? I mean, right. that's a deal breaker. Right. For a guy that has um, a lot of opportunities. So, you know, they had to tell him, yes, you got – final say over this and that. I would be shocked if that's not the case. Same. I'm just assuming that is the case. Yeah, should be. Let me ask you this. Do you believe the Broncos will make a player trade to acquire more draft capital before April's draft? I do. Who makes the final call on a potential trade? Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Absolutely. Okay. Hopefully they're in agreement. I keep going back to that because I don't think there'll be a lot of situations to where there's not agreement there, right? You know, it's just, hey, George Payton knows the deal. He's not a dummy. He knows the deal. Smart guy. Right. And so he knows he has to work well with Sean Payton, and ultimately it's Sean Payton's move and decision. And so it just doesn't seem like George Payton is is not the it's my way or the highway type of guy, right? No, he was already kind right. of built up as exactly. like a collaborator. Yes. And so those types of personalities tend to work well with others. Sure. And so that's why I don't think it will be any kind of issue here. I wonder if George Payton's entire approach is just massaging everything and making it easy as possible for Sean Payton to make his decisions. Yes. Absolutely. Not like, hey, here are my guys. Who are your guys? Like, It's like, it's almost like um, you're back in Minnesota. You're the assistant general manager. Mm. That's what it's like now. It's like, okay, like your that. title says general manager. Right. But you're really working under, you know, the thing is Rick Spillman. It was, there yeah. in Minnesota. You're really working under Sean Payton now. And that's just the way it is. So it's, um, you know, he's been in that position before. He knows how to do it. He knows how to work that thing. And and, and you're 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 right. I think that's what it is. It's it's all about building up Sean and giving Sean what he needs. And and um, but he's been in that position before there in Minnesota, and that's kind of what it is now. He's the assistant general manager. He's the assistant general manager, getting paid like the the general manager. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, cool. He again. Some people are better at that. Sure, sure. And and again, um, George Payton is lucky he still has his job. Oh, yeah. He's very lucky he still has his job. And if it were not for brand new ownership, if this was a traditional, just a traditional setup, he was hired by a trust. He comes in, the ownership inherits him. He is real. when you add up the dynamics of what the Broncos have been through in the last two years, he is very, very, very lucky to have a job. And I'm sure he is acutely aware of that. And yes, absolutely. The other thing is, you know, you want to have a Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton type of relationship here where, you know, we can be together for 10, 15 years. Right. 
It's almost like um, just hitching your wagon to Tom Brady or Peyton Manning as a head coach. Oh, I, this, I, I, I'm going to have a job here for 10, 15 years. Right? I got a great quarterback. So, you know, that's how you treat the situation. If you're if you're George Payton, it's it's you know that could be your your meal ticket here for the next ten years. Have, you got a great coach, so you 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 got to lean on that guy yep. and let that guy make uh, all the all the big heavy hitting decisions. And and I don't I don't think it's going to be an issue here. I really don't. I hope not. Um, right now, I don't think it will because the guy who could potentially make it an issue doesn't have the same voice he had. Like you don't have like he doesn't have the same stroke. So you can't, like, and if it is some sort of issue, I'm sure that George Payton will be gone. Yeah. So why would you want to ruffle feathers when and you don't have a, to? He's not a feather ruffle. He's not. He's not. He's not. Um, after Sean Payton, who has the next loudest vo- football voice in this organization? Well, let me think here. Um, I, 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 just off the top of my head, it's got to be uh, George Payton. Okay. It's got to be George Payton. I mean, he is, he does have the title of general manager. I mean, he does have some power here. Um, and he just had all the power. So it's a little bit taken away. So it's Sean Payton, then it's George Payton. And, you know, Greg Penner is is staying out of the way here. Um, and, you know, Damani Leach is doing his thing on the business side. And then football-wise, I, I don't see anybody else there that could um, threaten those two. It's really those two. And that's really it. I mean, I don't know who else would be in play. Greg Penner, he, he doesn't want to fool around with that stuff. If this was, if it was this time last year and it was Sean Payton, George Payton, and Russell Wilson, after, after Sean Payton, like, I think we might be talking about, like, who's got, who's got more stroke in that building, George Payton or Russell Wilson? Yeah, you got Russell involved, right. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's kind of a moot point. Yeah, Russell's got no power, no say. Um, he is a employee, like the other you know fifty two on the roster. I mean, that's really you maybe think he few, fully understands that. Maybe a few extra perks along the way. Sure. Um, I don't know if he fully understands that. Um, but uh, if I'm Sean Payton, I make him realize that really quickly. He he. Uh, I mean, obviously, he wasn't good on the field and is. Talent evaluation wasn't very good either. Helping George Payton draft kind of Montreal Washington. Yeah, so we'll see about Montreal. But overall, it just you, your job is to play football, Russ. Like we, you, you need fixing. I wonder if you're he really, broke. Yeah, yeah. You need you need fixing. Your job is to play football here. Um, all this other stuff and that, that you're doing and that you maybe want to have a say in. That you know you you. I mean that was one of the that was one of the deals in Seattle. You know, he wanted to help pick the players. He, and he wanted a voice. He actually said that. Not right. only did he want the voice, he said publicly, I want the voice yeah. on the Dan Patrick show. But he thought he had the equity built up, which he did in Seattle. He did. Not here. Not here. You had no equity to start with, and so you're you're already you're negative. You're in the negative category, right? So it's like no chance you have any say on personnel or any of this other stuff. Your job is to fix your game, and we're going to try to help you fix your game. And that's all you need to worry about. That's it. I hope he. I hope he fully understands that because sometimes you can think you want something and then you get it, and then you're like, oh, the ramifications for everything that I do can impact us, and they impacted us so negatively. Maybe I will just withdraw a little bit to my natural sort of habitat, you know, as a football player. Right. Yeah. 
you look around and you look at certain guys that might have some of that that power, and you're kind of like, ah, I want, I want that. But that's just not who you are, right? That's not, that's not what you do good. Yeah. And I get it. You look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and, and you know, players look at things differently, obviously, than front office guys. You want your buddies around you, of course. You want guys that you trust around you. And I think to a certain extent, degree, ownership, I mean, ownership slash management, GMs, et cetera, they should listen to the quarterback when it comes to certain things. But ultimately, you as a GM have a job to do, right? Your job is to evaluate talent. Players' jobs aren't to evaluate talent. Most of these guys stink at that. They don't know what the heck they're talking about, right? Now, some quarterbacks do, and they have a way that they want guys to play and, sure. and things like that. But, you know, it's just not what they do good. And and, and with Russ, obviously, that needs to be the furthest thing from the conversation is him helping you out with certain things. It's like, dude, just, just work on your game here. I think overall, though, you know, if you have a – hey, if it's close – Russ, who do you like better here, right? I mean, you still want to rely on your your quarterback in, in certain areas because you want him to be comfortable. Right. I just, my hope is, my hope is that Russell went from a player with the equity who wanted, vo- who wanted a voice, and now he doesn't have a voice, and my hope is, that his fallback is still passable. Like, you went, this happened really quick. That you're at the top of your game, you're throwing 40 touchdowns in second 2020. Now it's 16. But at that moment, you feel like you, you, you should have that voice. Now the voice is gone. I just think and hope that the fallback of him going back to just being a player is still actually workable. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're all hoping. That, uh... He can get back to – I don't even, you know, I don't think Russ can actually get back to being a top, I don't know, seven quarterback in the league. I, 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 oh, no, right? no, I mean, no. So we're, we're not even talking about that. That's no. not what you're talking about. I mean, we're hoping like mid middle of the pack here, 15 or better, like 15 to 12 kind of area. Yes, yes. Just can't have you in the 30s. Let's start, let's start there. Right. And then if you get there – then you get to that, like, then we can readjust our expectations. But he was probably about 27th best quarterback, starting quarterback. 27th. Who was worse than him then? I mean, seriously, who was worse than him? I mean, like Zach Wilson? Yeah. I mean, was he? Was Zach Wilson worse than him? Yes. Zach Wilson was worse. By what numbers? Um, well, because you can't do the totals because Zach Wilson didn't play a ton. Right. So this is why something like QBR, I think, um, matters a lot because that formula is sort of an all-encompassing uh, formula that takes into account not only just the raw stats, but um, uh, who, what defense are you going against? Are you going against San Francisco's defense? Right. Or are you going against, you know, I don't know, uh, the, the, the Giants' defense? Yeah. Or fill in the blank. Um, and it's a it's a big long formula, but it spits out a number. And Russell's this year was twenty seventh. So there to my point, they're about okay. twenty seven, twenty eight. He had the twenty seventh ranked QBR. The only quarterbacks worse than him, and there are only thirty one that qualified, is Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Carson Wentz, and Baker Mayfield. That's the list. Okay. So you're talking about guys like Matt Ryan, who has got one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. Guys like Ooh, Andy Dalton, 
uh, a rookie, Kenny Pickett, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, Jimmy G. Like they all, right. they all had better seasons than Russ. Yeah. Um, I guess if you're 27 or 31, it was just awful either way, right? I mean, you could put one at 27, one at 31, ain't much change, and you were really bad. Hopefully, we can get Russ up to you know around 15 or so this year with Sean Payton. And and build off of that. If not, this is probably be Russ's last year here in Denver, and they'll be moving on, looking for a new quarterback. Uh, but hopefully, that's not the case. You know, I mean, best case for everyone is that he's just serviceable. Because if he's serviceable and he's a middle of the pack type of quarterback, you're going to keep him the following year. Yes, that's you are. Good enough. Yes, you that are. is good enough with the contract. At least you don't have to look for a quarterback. And hopefully, during this process, you're looking for a quarterback, right? And and yes. finding a young one. Yes. Uh, but you, you, you. All of a sudden, you don't have to take that huge cap hit, and now you're looking for a quarterback, and it's a player that you don't have. You need, you really need Russ to just be serviceable, be that middle of the pack type of quarterback. Just don't be an absolute disaster. I, I don't know where I lean right now. I don't. I, I want to say yes in Sean Payton. I trust in Russ. I trust here, but you can't say that second one. I mean, well, you, you, both of them together, okay, you know, okay, like he's okay. going to get back to playing better football. That's what I want to say. I, I do. I want to say that because they then say, well, look at the last two games. He played much better. His mobility was better. He started running the ball. They were creative. See what an offensive mind can do for you. But my mind just won't let me do that yet. I just can't. I can't get out of my head some of the bad I saw. Like that's, you know, you just sometimes you just can't ever get away from that? Yep. That's that's where I'm at. Like, you just wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, that's what you think about the bad, right? That That's where I'm at with Russ. Like, bad footwork, panicking in the pocket. Like, panicking in the pocket. Like, looking to get out of the pocket when there's when he doesn't need to. Right, right. So that stuff is scary to me. That's that, very like, scary. Can he fix that stuff? And we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully... With a better offensive system around him, hopefully Russ runs a little bit more creative offense um, that um, he can get back to being looking a little bit more comfortable and playing better. Let me ask you this. If I said, hey, give me a quick snapshot profile on Justin Fields. Who is Justin Fields as a current NFL quarterback? I think he's a leader. He's a um, dynamic playmaker with the football in his hands. He can he can run. Um He's not a bad passer of the football. Uh, you know, it, it can improve, but uh, they have to help him out more there in Chicago. Like, more pieces around him. He had nothing. nothing. He had nothing. It nothing. was him. It was him and David Montgomery offensively, and that was it, brother. They, got that was the, it. they have the number one pick in the draft for a reason. Right. It was a decrepit situation. But if you were going to say, hey, what is one thing Justin Fields really need to improve on as a quarterback? Passing. Yeah, he's got to improve on his passing. Yeah. Russell Wilson, in year number 10, had the same completion percentage as Justin Fields on a team that had the number one pick. That kind of illustrates everything. Like, that's a quarterback who needs to do a better job of throwing the football. They completed on the exact same amount of, you know, in terms of completion percentage. Uh, So the same things that you could say about Justin Fields in terms of improving the passing is applicable to, to Russ here. And... Goodness, um, what the hope is for me is that you can – because I think it would be kind of foolhardy to say, hey, you're, you can go from the 27th best quarterback in the league to back to number seven in one year. Right. I just – I have to tie my brain in a stinking pretzel to do that. But can you say – can you go from 27 to 15? 15. 
And then you're right. You are going to continue to go down the road. And hopefully during that process, you're even more familiar with the new system. You are gaining more talent around you as you continue to progress. And you can say, can we get from 15 to 11 or 9 as the talent of the team improves with the culture and everything? And now you're talking playoffs again or maybe winning some games in the playoffs. Yeah, no, you're spot on. It's it's a process here. You're not going to make a jump from, you know, looking like Russ did last year to a, you know, Fifth overall quarterback in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. Um, but hopefully there's some progression there where we can just keep him around. I mean, that's best for everyone here. Yes. Is that Agreed. he's around in 2024. Agreed. And we're not looking for a quarterback, and we're not going through cap hell because we had to eat a bunch of cap and spread it out over two years. And then then you have your first-round pick coming back, and, and and things are heading in the right direction there. But that's 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 the key is – just just making progress this year, and, and hopefully that happens. Hopefully it happens. All right, Stoke. What I, do you think if I said uh, right now you got 100 bucks that um, can Russ get to – will he be over under 15.5 QBR next year? <sighs> you don't like when I put you on the spot like that. Look at you sweating. Got him sweating. Under. As in – he won't be in the top fifteen. Oh, so that's that that's over. Okay, over. That's higher numbers. Yeah. Higher yeah. numbers are over. I'd, so. I'd, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say over. I'd I would agree over. with you. I would agree with you. I mean what it would like we haven't seen Sean Payton and Russ work together, so nope. will be the final indicator whether we're saying goodbye to a rising star in Denver sports. Hang tight. We'll explain next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. How do I told you that story. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you have one of them, like, sign your chest with a Sharpie? No, not my chest. <laughs> my shirt. Uh, love boys to men. The, uh, but the quick cliff notes is they were in the mall one night, and I was there. They were doing a concert, I guess, the next day. And I was like, oh, gosh, I want to get their autograph or whatever. And they were like, not right now, after we're done shopping. So just kind of stalked them, I guess, and then wow. got their autographs when they were done. Yeah, Stage five clinger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got to find that shirt. Man, I remember seeing videos like that from, like, the early 2000s when, like, it would be, like, Dipset or something in the mall and just have, like, 400 people just, like, following them as they shop. And they loved it. You know, picking up girls along the way and, you know, all that stuff. I love it. Um, Who are we saying goodbye to? Potentially one of the rising stars in Denver sports that really, I'm being dead serious. In the, in the six years that you and I have been doing this radio show, I can't remember a, especially a non-Bronco, hit the ground running and become an instant darling of a fan base the way that Bones Highland did um, in just a year and a half. Okay. Um, ah, ooh. Like, you've gone to yeah, the games? Bronco, um, I, yeah. Like, like you go to the games, right? like, they love, that crowd loves Bones Highland. Were we together when Trevor Story 
came out the gates and just like his first year, year and a half, and they were Rockies were good then too, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, but his his like rookie year was just off the charts. I mean, he became you know a a star overnight out yes. of nowhere. So I believe that was the year before I got here. Okay, because he 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 like uh, Trevor out of the gate hit like five home runs in his first like three games, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and he was up for rookie of the year. And I forget because I remember debating it. I was doing sports talk back on 104.5 The Team in Albany, New York. And there was a Yankee at that time who was vying for Rookie of the Year as well. And I'm trying to remember who the heck it was from the Yankees. He burned bright for a little bit. Maybe the catcher that had the bad attitude. Um, remember him? Jorge Posada. <laughs> Stupid. No, I do remember him. Just give me, don't look it up. No, Sanchez, Gary. Gary Sanchez. Yes. Bam! Yes. And I remember being like, and, my, and Gary, for whatever reason, I don't think, didn't play like a ton of games, but his stats were like just as good as everyone else. And I remember my co-host at the time, Roger, was like, he can't be qualified. Yeah, I'm like, his stats are just as great. Even, even, the, even the counting numbers are just as good. I'm like, who is Trevor Story? Like, who is, who is Trevor Story from the Rockies? He's playing right? an altitude. Right? He's, got a, he's got an advantage. The, the Rockies were seriously in my blind spot at that time. And now I come in here to work today. And what am I wearing? Uh, a stick yeah. Rocky shirt. Um, but, uh, no, so we weren't doing a radio together okay. at that time. But you're, I think you're right, though, overall. I mean, uh, he has, and he's done a good job. Now, he's not like a front-line player. You know, he's coming off the bench, and so he's not a starter or anything. But just the way that he plays and the energy that he brings, fans relate, fans love it. And I think he's kind of a one-off there, right, for the Nuggets. He's just a, he's, he's, he's not like anybody else, and he has energy he has, you know, something about him that fans relate to. Definitely. And the way that he plays at home, like if you look at splits, and speaking of baseball, a lot of times we look at like splits with the Rockies. Like how do they hit here as opposed to there and longstanding arguments about Todd Helen and all this stuff through the years. But with basketball, it's not really as relevant. But when Bones plays at home from three-point range, his percentage is like five to six percentage points higher then when he plays on the road, that's really significant and a little bit different. But he is just such a front runner, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, he loves playing in front of the crowd. He's a showman. He feeds off the fans, um, and he just has totally leaned into it. And this guy, like an 82-game season in, is, is the NBA, he's played 111 games. That's not a lot. And he's, like, endeared himself in just a rare way. And I think his time in Denver is already over. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. You know, we're trying to win a championship this year. And we talked a little bit about it yesterday. There is no worrying about the future five years from now. It's it's about winning now and whatever it takes to win this year. You got to go for it. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but you got to go for it. You got to put your chips, chips in the middle and push them all in. We're all in. And if it takes uh, trading away a young talent like Bones Highland, I don't care. I told you I learned my lesson from how I went about and thought about the Rockies uh, a few years back when they were close. And I was saying, no, let's hold on to some of this young talent. It's, we're going to be around for – we're going to be a contender for a while. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not in that uh, camp anymore. Go all in. Let's go Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard move, and they won a championship. It doesn't promise you anything, but you, when you have the opportunity, you just have to go for it because – who knows what next year is going to look like? Who right. knows what the year after is going to look like? Let's go all in. If you ha- if you got to trade bones, you got to trade bones. It's all good. Where are you at? Uh, same page. 
Same page. Not letting Bones Highland trip up a championship window. And the only window I'm worried about is the one that's open right now. I don't know if the window's open next year or beyond. And you're the Nuggets. How many times in the history of this organization have they been this close to a championship? They're second in terms of odds. They're the favorite to come out of the West. They're currently the number one seed. Literally, and I've gone through it, you can point to three, maybe four instances in the history of the Nuggets franchise where they've been this close. And I'm not going to let a guy who played 100 games for you disrupt that. Especially, let's talk about why it's disrupting it. Bowens Highland has a big personality, and that's been lauded as a good thing. It, 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 has, um, it has aged poorly. He is not happy. There is reports on friction with him in the franchise. Chris Haynes on TNT two nights ago gets up on national TV and says, you know, the, you know there's, there's, there's trade rumors, and I talked to Bones, and Bones says he's open to being traded. I'm like, wait, what? Why are you even, why are you saying that? Why is that a report? Played 100 games here. You're just getting out of your rookie status. This is a team that's trying to win, and you've become like a squeaky wheel. I'm not saying he's a bad guy because he's not, from what I know. Um, but it just doesn't seem like the two things, pl- player and person, doesn't seem like the player's arc is the same as the team's arc right now. And it doesn't seem like, from a personality standpoint, maybe it's the best possible culture fit for this moment, for this team at this particular moment in time. Yeah, if it's not a good fit in the locker room and, and if you're not heading in the same direction, then you know what, you get rid of that person and you move on. And so if that's the case, that's what you do. And hopefully you get something good back in return that can really help propel you uh, to a championship. But that's where you're at. You know, it's not that, hey, okay, we got to – you know, move this guy just because we're trying to get this other piece. It's also the distraction. It's also the other stuff that maybe he's just not step in step with where you're moving and where you're heading. His goals are a little bit different than your goals. Yes, 100%. 100%. This is Mike Malone two nights ago uh, uh, with an exchange with DMAC. Coach, where do you stand with uh, Bones right now? What's that? Where do you stand with Bones right now? I stand with Bones. <laughs> Bones is on our team. I stand with everybody in the locker room. You know, he, he got a chance to play tonight. Uh, you know, that group was struggling a little bit. It wasn't just because of Bones Island. Uh, threw CB out there, and I thought CB had a good night. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with one of our players. Win, lose, or draw. That is about as generic and vanilla of an answer as you're going to to get. Yeah. Where do you stand with Bones? I stand with Bones. I stand with everyone on our team. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah. That, that is like a boilerplate response. Um it's not good. It's just flat out not good. And what you said a couple minutes ago, what is Bones' goal contrasted with the team's goal? Bones' goal is to play a bunch and get buckets and get paid. That's not where this team's at right now. So, All right. All right, they got the Warriors tonight. Let's move on. So let's move on. Got the Warriors. So And Warriors were in an overtime game last night. Starters expecting to get sat. So we'll see what that looks like um, later this evening at Ball Arena. Unfortunately, if you're a fan, you're a young kid, Steph fan, you're going to go to the game, yeah. probably not going to see anyone. Yeah. So just a heads up. All right. We've heard lots of conspiracies through the years, even came up with some on our own. But this one, this next one takes the cake. Hang tight. It's next. Zach on Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan. Hey, just to uh just to put a bow on this, I 
We never actually got to the tease in the last segment. I said I think tonight might be the final indicator or whether or not we're saying goodbye to a rising star in Bones Highland. The indicator would be if he doesn't play. The trade deadline's right around the corner. He only played five minutes in the last game. Deadline's next week? Yeah, the, the ninth. It's the seventh. So one week from today, if he doesn't play tonight, that is the final indicator he played his last game in Denver. So Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. See, if, see if he gets off the bench. I don't think he is. I think he's gone. Really? I just don't know if they can get the right compensation. Right. And do you swallow it. the pill, you know, to just to do it? You have to it, uh, it wait. Could be tricky. Like, okay, maybe not the best in the locker room. Our goals aren't the same, but he's still very talented. He is very talented. So, like, you, you know, he can score, mm-hmm. and he's a bucket. But at the same time, is that other stuff outweigh, you know, his talent on the court? Right. So that's, uh, you know. And, and, and my follow-up question to that is, if he doesn't get traded – does he recenter himself right, for the remainder right. of this season? Because you can't be an ingrate for three straight months. Right. So we'll we'll see what it looks like. But um, Nuggets Warriors tonight. We'll see if Bones Highland plays. If he doesn't, he gone. Okay, we've heard conspiracies through the years. Okay, I love a good conspiracy. All right, I make them up sometimes on my own here on the air. This one though, this one, <sighs> help me. I, I I need your help. Okay, all right. This is Arian Foster. On with um, uh, the guys from Barstool, and uh, this is a just a, an exchange I did not see coming. Uh, we're really dedicated to it, so it was more so like... Oh, hold on a second, um, hold on a second, hold on a that's second. That's what practice... Hold on a second. So, we're, we're not hearing the front portion of this clip, all right? We Do Do we have the raw? We, we, we don't have anything raw. Don't worry about it, don't worry about it, don't worry. So, the dude from Barstool says, hey, um, right before we went on the air, you mentioned to me that... The NFL is actually rigged? Like, what is that all about? And this is on the heels of the number one trending thing worldwide this past weekend was hashtag NFL rigged. This is uh, what Arian Foster uh, said. Uh, we're really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like This is what goes on and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. in order to. Yeah. And this referee is going to miss this call yeah, because they hate you yeah. and they love the Colts. Yeah, that sort like, of thing. Uh, WWF. So it's like, yeah, we know what's going to happen. But you just got put on a show. Yeah. What did you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the one guy's just. Twisting the knife in the Foster's comments. But Arian Foster, someone who played in the National Football League, said that the NFL is rigged, that they would get scripts like WWE practice the scripts and you still had to go put on, uh, on the show. What the hell is this? He's a weird guy. Yeah, I don't. It's like, what can you say? I mean, look, the NFL's not rigged. Um, so you didn't get a manual that's like, hey, these two guys are going to collide. The football's going to go twelve feet in the air. Right. Stokely, run under it yes, for a touchdown exactly. and win the game against yeah. the Bengals. Right. Yeah. That's uh, the final and scene. There it is. That's <laughs> it. That's how you are going to start the season. I couldn't wait for that to happen. Um, you know, and I, I get it. Some people think, well, the NFL wants this team to go over that team to go and. Look, it's just not true. Um, it's it's just uh, if the NFL was trying to script things, I mean, don't you think this stuff would get out, especially with gambling and stuff now? Like they would they would take it over. You know, Congress would start getting involved and all this stuff. They you know, they got a great thing going, right? And so, 
Um, none of that's actually true when it comes to them scripting things. And I'm sure deep down, maybe they want the bigger market teams to go to certain games, but they would have been just a okay with Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. Yes, you know, uh, facing you know Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts and company, or uh, the San Francisco Forty ers um, and that football team uh, playing, you know, Kansas City, whatever. It's just, it's, um, it's crazy. I don't know why Aaron Foster said that. Maybe why no one was talking about him. Yeah, and he wanted to be talked about, and now here we are. We're talking about him. That's why he said it. I just, I just think it's so irresponsible and really dumb. He was a really good NFL player. Oh yeah, really good. Like led the league in rushing a couple times, 2010, 2012. And what you do when you say something so stupid like that is you invalidate your own athletic career. And I just, I, I don't, I don't get why he would say this. But this thing has taken off on social media. You want to see people have fun? You, oh. you look at the memes and videos of. Tom Brady, when he finds that, gets his script for right. Super Bowl 51, looking at Matt Ryan, like all this just hilarious stuff. Alvin Kamara tweets, when they handed me the script for our season during camp, I almost walked out the facility, bruh. Like, like you yeah. guys are just like kind of clowning him. Um, and rightfully so. This was, this was clown behavior. And I don't, I don't want to like, inst- you usually don't come on here and like call names and stuff, but this was clown behavior. And I just, I don't understand it. Yeah. That's just someone wanting attention. And that's what he's getting. He's getting a lot of attention for it, for it. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know who Aaron Foster is anymore, you know, um, but now they do. Wacky. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, different. He's always been a different guy though. Ha- has he? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Different guy, different bird for sure. Uh, great player coming out of Tennessee, but I guess he was just um, following along the script, I suppose. Yeah. Wacky, man. Um, a quick follow-up on the news yesterday. Uh, Tom Brady saying goodbye. That's that's like ironclad doors completely shut, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that. He says that, but I don't, I'm, I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm not going there until he sits out a full year. I'm always keeping like one eye on Tom over there and what's going on. And I'm sure he'll stay in great shape. And, you know, it probably is, probably is done for Tom Brady. But, but you never know. And he loves football. He He loves to compete. He does. And, you know, if there's a situation where you're staying in shape and a situation like the 49ers had uh, this year, and they lose a quarterback or two, you know, why not go play for the 49ers for three months and try to help that football team get over the top? So the right situation, I think the door's still slightly cracked. Tom's not the type of person to me that just closes things and is just done with it, especially football here. But he might stop working out. He might stop training. And sure. and it can be, be completely done. How, how do you view it? Done, done? I think he's done done just based off the tone of his video. It seemed just like uber, like sincere. But you could also be one of these. I know one of these. He did it a year ago too. Uh, Did did he get muscled into? I I don't know. I don't know, but he did it. He did. Did he he get muscled into it this year? I don't know. No, 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 no. No one's telling Tom what to do anymore. Tom, 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 he's. She might have said, "Hey, you better do it now." Maybe she might have tried to muscle. Maybe, maybe, but. You could be sincere about something now, and then dynamics change, and right. you're away from the game. Didn't this happen with Jay Cutler? Didn't he retire, then come back with the – was it with the Dolphins? Right? I think yeah. he was retired. Um, 
Dolphins had a situation where no quarterback or whatever, and he, he came back. But right. Cutler, Brady, a little bit different. <laughs> just a little bit different. I don't know. I'm talking I mean, Brady's about, like 46. Right. You know, so. Right. But but so why are we even have this conversation? It should just be done, 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 done. Well, no, but I think you're right, though. Like, you can be done right now, but training camp comes around, you're like, gosh. F these kids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm tired no. of this. I'm tired of this. Oh, my I'm tired God. of playing daddy daycare over here. I'm out. Hey. Tommy's hitting the streets. Let's go. <laughs> San Fran. Here I come. Oh, my gosh. I think he's opening up something in Vegas, like a TB12 thing yeah. in Vegas. At one of the casinos there, one of the hotels. He might um, throw an anchor down in Vegas and maybe hang out for a year or two. Why wouldn't you? I, not a bad idea in his situation. Right, not now. No, no, no. What are you talking about? I, I mean, no, we wouldn't think like his. But in his situation, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. It might be best. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. <laughs> what are we hearing? Speaking don't of know, hearing, don't, 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 don't no, know a lot about no, that. Over nope. there. Just see pictures and videos and it looks pretty cool, though. What are we hearing about Single. potential coordinators for Sean Payton? And, and when should we know? Bounce that off Mike Kliss coming up next.